Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the YVR Remo Show. Listen, we had a one-week hiatus. There was so much happening in the world. We were allowed back in our office, and we came back with a banger because uh, since we were off, CMHC has dropped a bomb on us that's completely changed the shape of what potentially might be the lending market over the next little while. So make sure to stay tuned so you can learn about more about CMHC's guidelines, what the heck they even are, who they impact, and what does this all mean to you? So again, subscribe, listen, like, share, and I hope you enjoy this one. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. We're back, guys. A self-fulfilling prophecy. CMHC predicted we were going to see a rate drop, or not a rate drop, but we're going to see a housing price drop. And uh, as of recently, they just decided to announce that they're going to, in fact, do everything they can to make sure that's a reality. And I think that's uh, going to be happy news for a lot of people that have been sitting on the sidelines waiting for prices to potentially come down with this COVID situation. But I think after other recent announcements, we might actually not see that happen. So how do you guys feel about that? How do you guys feel? Relieved. Very relieved. <laughs> yeah. a panic weekend. It's uh, when CMHC released that article and their announcement, it's uh, pretty damaging. Like a 10% drop in qualification could quite literally not allow people to get into our market. Um, it almost seems like they were trying to validate their prediction of a, of a value drop, which is, again, kind of frustrating. But they have their own opinions, of course. Yeah, I mean, relieved is obviously probably the best way to put it, for sure. <laughs> um, and it's nice to see that there are other, you know, major corporations that share our same understanding, right? The, our whole industry, a lot of prominent people in our industry thought this was a pretty ridiculous move. And it's nice to see that major corporations are on the same side as us on, in that regard. I guess we should probably explain that what the heck we're talking about to all those people. We haven't For lost sure. them yet. So, <laughs> so uh, on June 5th, uh, CMHC, which is uh, Crown Corporation, decided to announce some pretty big changes, some sweeping changes to guidelines around insured mortgages. So uh, everything from reducing the debt to income ratio, uh, changing what down payment options are available from people and increasing credit score requirements, which are huge. But I think before we go too far down exactly what each of the impact of those are and what people aren't doing, we should probably explain what the heck is mortgage insurance and just yeah. frame that up so people understand. So who wants to take the lead on this one? I can start it. So mortgage insurance is is typically um, the best way to put it is insurance for the lender. Uh, it's it, it protects the lender if you as a borrower don't make your mortgage payments and you or the lender has to take you into foreclosure and try and get the the property back essentially. So it, whatever loss there is to the lender in that sort of a situation, the insurance CMHC or or one of the other insurers will cover those costs for the lender. So it really makes it um, pretty low risk for the lender when there's a CMHC insurance product uh, attached to the mortgage. Yeah, I think to, just to add to that, it, 
These are for mortgages with less than 20% down. So if the buyer has less than a 20% down payment, and the reason for that is a bank might look at that and go, okay, someone's buying a million dollar property with 5% down. There's too much risk for me. There's too much risk for the lender because the lender is essentially financing 95% of that property value. And if there was a decline of say 10% in the real estate market, the lender's now underwater. There's not a lot of breathing room. Um, so CMHC and two other insurers have stepped in over the last, I don't even know how many years, uh, but they've provided insurance so that Canadians can actually get into the market with as little as 5% down, depending on the purchase price. So that's kind of where it started and why it started. Um, and the borrower, so the person buying the property, pays a CMHC uh, or an insurance premium that's actually quite dramatic. Uh, it ranges from 28 to 4% of your... Uh, amount mortgage amount mortgage yeah. amount borrowing um, and it gets added onto the mortgage so a lot of people kind of look past that but it is a huge cost um, I think just one one of the reasons why you it's a good point a lot of people do look past it because it's not out of pocket like here's the fee for that insurance it's just added to the mortgage balance right so I think that's one of the reasons why it gets looked past but yeah it is it's an expensive cost and it's 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 for the lender, not you. There's zero benefit to you. Yeah, and just to be clear, uh, we're obviously referring to this just this one part of the portfolio yeah. insurance. We're not going to get deep into the other types of insurance that CMHC provides or, sure. or anything of that nature. But basically, more or less, it's the reason that Canadians can really own homes uh, safely and securely. And that was originally what was set up. I mean, before this, before CMHC or portfolio insurance was set up, uh, I think a lot of people don't know this is you had to put down twenty percent. So I think that's where the old common adage of putting down 20% or 25% came from is because lenders wouldn't lend without that kind of money going into it before these types of insurance products came into play. So um, that's a, yeah, that's a good kind of breakdown as to the basics of it. There's a little bit more behind the scenes and maybe we'll hit that on a later episode, but I think it's also important to note that um, we, I mean, we have some stats on it right now. It's extremely profitable. Like there's, there's like a 0.24. So like less than a quarter percent of I'm sorry, less than a quarter of a percent of people default in mortgages. And it's been shown that it, the numbers aren't going to dramatically increase, or at least we're not, indications are that it's going to dramatically increase over and above that amount, even with COVID. I mean, even yeah. though they're predicting that some, uh, some may default, I think it's important to note that that's uh, primarily regional. And they were looking at areas that were heavy hit, like Calgary and, and not Calgary, sorry, Alberta and Saskatchewan and, and smaller places like that, right? Yeah, I mean, that is amazing. 0.24% uh, will go into default. That's crazy, right? Like, I mean, clearly Canadians make their mortgage payments. Yeah, they're saying that before anything else, they'll make their <laughs> mortgage payments. So, yeah, yeah. so uh, CMHC is a government held. It's a crown corporation, obviously. Uh, and we have two other insurers that have come into uh, fruition since the inception of CMHC. They're private insurance agencies. Uh, so Genworth is the largest one, which a lot of people know of. A lot of real estate agents, they know the name Genworth. A lot of people, a lot of people do not know Canada Guarantee. And in a, I get asked all the time from people like, what what's the difference between them? And I think there's a, a lot of considerations. A lot of it's a high level of detail behind the scenes, but there are certain different types of programs that they will ensure that CMHC will not ensure. And there's different types of risk portfolios, just like any insurance agency. So a lender, for example, commonly if someone has is buying a strata property, uh, they would a bank would actually want to go to Genworth because Genworth is actually gonna review all the strata documentation and review that upfront. Whereas say CMHC is gonna put that all on the bank to do the work. So there's little things like that that can make a difference, uh, you know, as well. Yeah. And I mean, another good example is people who are self-employed. There's a very prominent 
program offered through Genworth, well, they'll, they'll actually look at some of the business income in addition to your personal income. Um, so, I mean, for us, you know, when, when, a, when a file comes through, we have to decide not only what bank we think it's going to fit with, but also what insurer we think it'll fit with, right? So there's, there's multiple sets of guidelines. Um, and a big thing to note is that when you're buying with less than 20% down, we might be able to get the bank on board. We might be able to sell them on the situation, but they still have to go and get approval for insurance, right? So there is a second set of eyes on everything, um, which can make it a little bit more difficult when you're cool. buying with less than 20% down. Well, that's super important to understand because the insurer has the final say, essentially, if that mortgage is gonna get approved or not. So the lender really has to follow these guidelines if they're working with this insurer or this, you know, one of these particular insurers. So that's a big piece. So in the case of, uh, you know, like just kind of track record. So a lot of people wonder about what's the impact of CMHC. They've made some pretty massive changes in the past five years uh, without going down memory lane on all of these changes, because that's not what we're trying to do here today. One of the biggest changes that happened was actually back in, I think it was the end of 2016, which was the uh, with the infamous stress test for all borrowers. So so CMHC and, and uh, Genworth and CG after that were mandated to utilize uh, a stress test based on what we call the benchmark rate today. So that came in effect there. They they also uh, were unable to now insure refinances. They were unable to insure rental properties uh, and longer amortization periods and so forth. So there's a lot of things that, that these institutions have had to let go of in the past that have really, really changed our marketplace. And what they've suggested recently is definitely something that would look to have an impact uh, going forward. So uh, why don't we get into what the changes are and exactly you know what's happening what we're talking about here yeah so i guess just to preface before we jump into these changes and to repeat ourselves this is just in regards to cmhc genworth and the other insurer which we didn't mention canada guarantee uh, are not adopting these changes right so yeah let's let's get into the changes and uh up until this back. morning we thought that these were the changes right right so yes okay. so yeah so there's there's three big changes number one is to do with down payment i personally don't think this is a big impact i don't think a lot of people utilize these programs at all i actually personally haven't done a mortgage of this caliber in probably three or four years um, but there was a program where you were able to use borrowed down payment so you could quite literally use a line of credit you could get a loan from your bank. You could take money off a credit card if you wanted to. Don't recommend it. Um, but there was a way to use borrowed down payment for your purchase with less than 20% down. You had to qualify for the debt. So that's been stripped away from CMHC. Oh, I, I wanted. I yeah. want to say on that point there uh, that the program, if anybody remembers this, who, who was from BC back in 20, I believe it was 2016, 2017, there was a, a assistance program in, in, I think, 2016, the first time homebuyers program yes. where BC government matched your, your or, or basically gave you extra down payments. So if you had two and a half percent, they'd give you the extra two and a half, totally different from the federal program. That program was essentially a borrowed down payment because yeah. you had to borrow the money um, as well for that program. And we're also not talking about gifts. That's yeah. huge. That's been a huge confusion. Is that a gift? No, gifts are gifts, not borrowed down. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah good point. So the next one is to do with credit. Uh, up until last week, you could have a credit score as low as the low 600, 620. Um, not ideal, but if there's a reason behind it and you can make sense of it, we were able to get an approval uh, through CMHC. So they've changed the credit requirements. So now the absolute minimum is 680 for one borrower. So if there's only one person buying, you have to have a 680 credit score. If there's two people, one of them has a, has to have a 680 credit score uh, and the other one needs to have a, have a very good explanation if it's below. Yeah. One thing maybe I'll ask you guys is some clarity on that piece is does the primary income earner need the 680 beacon score? Or is it 
just a 680 at least. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, at this point right now, it says on the CMHC release, it just says one income earner okay. must have 680. So there's some clarity, obviously, that we still need to sort out with what CMHC is going to look at. I was, I was actually thinking about that earlier today. Of what if they brought in a co-signer mm-hmm. who had maybe uh, $15,000 of income, but the primary earner had 100000 What would they do then? I mean, the rules are not very open, and that's a good question. Okay, so obviously some clarity to come, but it's a good start. Yeah, this one I see a lot more impact from the borrowed down payment because there's a lot of situations where people might have a 670 or a 660 credit score, but it's not because they had bad credit. It might be because they overutilized a credit card for six months before purchasing, right? Like these people could have never missed a payment in their life but they quite literally had their credit cards sitting at 4,900 and it's a $5,000 limit for six months and it brought their score down, right? So that's just, but not enough education for them to know how Mm -hmm. to manage their credit. So that might be pushing people away from actually being able to purchase. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know what I find really interesting about this is we've been talking about this for the better part of a few years now on consumer education around the different factors which impact mortgages. And one thing that has changed dramatically is segmentation of mortgages based on a variety of factors. It used to be, say, 2015 before that, maybe 2016 before the first round of CMHC changes in. If your credit score is above 600, everything was the same, right? If you had uh, 5% down, 10% down, 15% down, 20, 25, it was generally in the same segment. Now we're seeing such a variety of changes. Your 25 to 30 year amortization, 20 to 25% down, your credit score from 680 to 700 to 720. So I think what the consumers really, really need to know and borrowers, if you're listening to this right now, is that your interest rate is gonna be 100% dictated by you know, 20, 30 or 40 different factors just on the rate piece, not your qualification. And we're going deeper down that road now with with what CMH mm-hmm. she's proposing. And I think lenders are going to adopt that going forward too, even more so. Yeah, I would agree. totally agree. Yeah, it's very risk-based nowadays, whereas before it was just if you fit into the box, everybody gets the same yeah. outcome. Making us more relevant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, so why don't we hammer the third change? The third change was the debt-to-income ratio. And this is a very... Uh, tough concept sometimes to explain. So we'll just break it down. So generally speaking, if you're qualified for a mortgage application and you're buying with less than 20% down, you can use up to 39% of your income to cover the cost of your housing, which includes strata fees, taxes, heat, and of course the mortgage payment. Um, that's going to be reduced down to 35%, which is the most dramatic change that we are going to see past that credit score. Uh, the other factor is what we call total debt. Total debt does include car loans and credit cards. So if you were someone who had a little bit more debt, that was a little bit heavier debt, used to be, used to be that they go to 44% of their income. Now it's 42% of their income, which equates to, well, we have written down here nine to 12. We've rerun the numbers here. I mean, we're, it's actually as much as a 14% decrease in, in borrowing yeah. power, which is huge. One of the examples I, I saw was, a, so a $500,000 qualification dropped to 440. Yeah. So. It's massive. And I mean, one other thing to mention that a lot of people don't think of, somebody might be running the numbers saying, okay, if I use 39% of my income, how much do I qualify for? But there's a stress test in there as well already so like you can't break the numbers down based on the actual mortgage payment it's the stress tested mortgage payment yeah. which is probably i don't know what the number is 15 20 percent higher than the actual mortgage payment mm-hmm. well as of today it's actually 250 basis points or more above what yeah. someone's getting like somebody's getting a fixed rate today at 
crap it's like as low as two and a quarter to 2.4 depending on the lenders you're choosing you were talking about more than two and a half percent above like it's insane mm-hmm. it's actually insane and they put a pause on that new stress test they were talking about too so that's another interesting point keep it coming guys keep it coming cmhc <laughs> yeah they're making it tough for so, sure but um well i mean why are they doing this Jeez. cmhc's report is 100 percent fear-based um it's due to covid it's directly due to covid and our our housing market um they fear what's going to happen in our housing market and that's fueled by job loss and businesses that are closing and um the one that i've actually heard a couple times which is interesting is lack of immigration people's immigration is going to be stopped if not delayed for quite some time and and immigration brings massive value to our real estate markets Mm -hmm. yeah it fuels the fire for sure in in bc and canada alone the the number one type of first-time buyer is actually new uh to canada new immigrants to canada it's it's a very fast growing subset of the marketplace and i don't think that's going to change well maybe it will now but yeah. uh not likely to change so that's that's one of the key reasons what else do you have there well i think it's important to note that there's a lot of experts that have argued this fear of drop in real estate is, um, you know the remax for one largest one of the largest uh companies in real uh, sells real estate in our country has argued this uh, but also our chief economist dr sherry cooper who you guys spoke to on our last episode has definitely doesn't agree with this opinion right so i think it's it's important to note that there are you know very credible people with you know information that they believe this is not going to be the case so yeah it's really interesting it's it, it feels like i started off the conversation today talking about a self-fulfilled prophecy so they released this report uh, a few weeks ago right in the uh, i guess it would have been the uh, end of may of uh, 2020 and in the report they did talk about they were very fair to say however that this is uh, not a guaranteed situation this is a worst case scenario worst case scenario worst case scenario they predicted these things from happening and obviously the news and media outlets took advantage of that and they took a hold of that and of course what are they going to do they're going to pick up the worst numbers but then when you read the reports again they're looking at a lot of rural areas which were way harder hit by covid than some of the big cities so it's it's really important for us to make a note that this is uh, a blanket report and a blanket cmhc request but we're also dealing with regional housing and it's very difficult to say that you know uh, a vancouver market which very heavily relies on you know white collar workers and tech people and so forth and a lot of people were not out of work are going to have the same negative impact as you know like a small town where where again half the people were laid off right Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely i've had a conversation a lot lately about what happens if our market does dip like what is the outcome do people walk away from their homes right because the value dropped 10 percent and i've read a lot of articles and talked to a lot of people and i think the common kind of answer to that is like people need a place to live you need a place to live if it's affordable you're not going to sell your house in a down market right which is going to help stop the downfall in a down market um you know a lot of people that were helping buy homes right now they're saying is this a good time is this a bad time and i have to ask them a question are you in this for a six-month flip or are you in this to own your primary residence that you're going to stay here long term right and you're going to pay down principal and you're going to create equity you know you could buy a property for five hundred thousand dollars tomorrow and it can drop to 450 but if you're not selling while it's 450 it's not overly relevant right like no not ideal but it really doesn't actually matter if you're not selling at that low point, right? And most people are in real estate for more of a long game, in my opinion. Um, I think if somebody asked me if it would, is, is a good move to buy a property to renovate and flip in six months, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. 
That's a fair point. So we made a note to say that the other insurers, so again, there's three in Canada, Genworth and Canada Guarantee are the two private insurers in Canada. They're not going to follow suit. They made announcements right away saying that they feel pretty confident, at least today. I mean, who knows? This could change. Maybe maybe the government steps in and says you have you don't have a choice. But today they're not going to follow suit. And I think there's that's a really interesting point. But what one comment on that is that uh, what do the lenders or what choice are the lenders going to have when it comes to picking the insurer? Because most lenders don't actually pick the insurer unless, for example, it is a condo or it is a specific program. They have buckets where they mm -hmm. have to fill up those buckets and then they move on to the other insurer. It's te technically supposed to be somewhat randomized. Um, so what does that look like for people, right? Do they just decline them or do they just look at the risk portfolio first and then send it in or what? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, most lenders don't actually choose. To your point, it, it just goes as uh, almost like a round robin approach, or based on you know capacity. And quite regularly, one insurer will decline it, and it flips over to the next. So, I mean, my thoughts are, if it is you know above these ratios, the thirty-five forty-two that CMHC has changed, or you know we have a lower credit score, or there's some borrowed down payment, or one of these changes are are a part of you know, the, the client's application and it goes to CMHC. My guess is it automatically gets declined and flips over to Genworth or, or Canada guarantee. Uh, but that's just a guess. Yeah. That's probably the biggest looming question right now is what happens on the back end, And like, who knows, maybe a big bank follows suit with CMHC and they like that program and they want to follow it. And that's their guidelines for Scotiabank now as an example. I think that could totally happen. I, I, I would say there's probably a really good chance that there's some banks and lenders that just pick up this policy, adopt it and move forward with it. Yeah. And then to your point, like Genworth and Canada guarantee aren't being told they can't, you know, continue forward with their traditional policy, but the government could step in here. Like let's, let's be honest. CMHC is a government entity. Yeah. So if they're making these decisions, it's very likely, or it's very possible that this can just be the, the way it is. Forever. The new normal for, for lending. Yeah. Speaking of the and new normal. I mean, normal. this might not be forever, right? Hopefully it's not forever. They, they did make a note in the report, I believe, that it'll be a minimum of 12 months that this will occur. So we'll see. We'll see what that looks like. But again, I think this is another reason why when we talk about uh, lending, it is a long-term play. It is sure. always a long-term play because these things can happen. Like who knew there was going to be a pandemic? Who knew that this any of these things were going to happen? So again, so for for all the, the people that are waiting on the sidelines predicting uh, a housing price drop or crash, it's a curious question because I think it really just depends on the area you're looking, the price point you're looking, um, the regional district, the city, all that kind of stuff. Because again, the people that this is going to hurt the most are the people that they should be helping the most and they took sure. away from, which is like the first time buyers mm -hmm, and absolutely. the families. And so, so uh, you know, the people that have, you know, uh, $500,000, $600,000 to put into a, to a home or 20, 30, 40, 50% down, they're not hurting by this. So that's another reason why this is such an interesting move is they're, they're certainly impacting the families and the people that we most often see, especially first time buyers getting into the marketplace. Yeah, my understanding is, one of their biggest goals with this is is to stop the demand for housing right now it's to stop the demand for but it's not it's not totally tied to people um i guess overdoing their their boundaries when it comes to debt servicing but it's quite literally to stop the demand because even through the pandemic i mean i'm just speaking locally here 
uh, in the Fraser Valley and Greater Vancouver, there's a massive demand for housing right now. It's huge. And there's a supply and demand issue, um, which is helping keep prices very stable, right? So I think it's overall, there's a goal in, in bringing house prices down to essentially help the first time buyers. But I don't think that they correlated that with they're actually restricting them now that they can't get into the market. Seems like it's a huge contradiction in my opinion, if their fear is that the, there's a drop in real estate and then you're going to, you know, yeah. decrease the demand that's going to just play into your, your home values coming down. So, so it's kind of a funny situation. So, so this could actually be good news for, uh, investors, uh, people who own rental units, mom and pops who have a couple of different uh, properties because well, people are going to have to rent if they can't buy. And again, so we're decreasing the demand of uh, different types of units that a person might buy, but we're not decreasing in per se, like number of people that are renting and living here, mm -hmm. unless we're talking about immigration. And even then we already have way more demand than we have supply, even with the building that's going on right now, yeah. especially it being slowed down with COVID, right? So, I mean, I, we touched on the people who are not impacted, uh, obviously, we have yet to see what the two insurers are going to look like. So maybe it won't have as big of an impact if the lenders are, are take a common sense approach and, and stick with the two other insurers. But anybody else that you would like to note that isn't going to be impacted by this? Isn't? Yeah, it's not. Yeah. I mean, well, really anyone putting down 20% or more, right? I mean, if, if that is your, if you can do that, you're, you're, there's zero impact to you whatsoever even with you know all insurance potentially taking this policy and moving forward with it if that is mandated or lenders decide to go forward with this um you won't be impacted if you're putting 20 percent down so right. that and then people who own an existing property with a decent amount of equity um, refinancing there's no insurance when you're refinancing your property so people who are trying to pull out money or get a line of credit or pay off debt are not going to be touched at all um i think that to your point if if all the insurers implemented this, I think that some of the results that we would see is a lot more co-signers, a lot more families helping out their kids. Um, a lot of people have made a lot of money in real estate, and I think it just would create that effort of trying to get your kid or that first-time buyer to 20% down, right? Yeah, the bank of mom and dad to put more money down or... Yeah, somebody co-signers. Co yeah, there've been yeah. a few hot trends lately. So, so who else is not impacted? We should probably make a note is uh, uh, from this specific rule as investors. So people who are buying a property for the purpose of investment, you're still okay to do that. There have been some updates and considerations from this COVID situation, but it's on a one-by-one -one basis. So we won't get too far down that road, but certainly they are not impacted necessarily by this change, not in negative light. Yeah. Unless of course, more people need to rent, in which case you're in a positive situation. One, one thing that uh, you know, Mace, be kind of silly to us or, or but but comes up a lot is a lot of people think that putting less than 20 percent down is only for first-time buyers but going back to why we have insurance like anyone can do it you just have to deal with these insurance guidelines and pay the insurance fee so you know we see a lot of people buy second homes or rental pro like not rental properties but a vacation home for their family so a lot of people do that with less than 20% down. And a lot of people didn't realize they can do that. They can buy a vacation home with less than 20% down. So they are going to be impacted too. So if you, you know, if you were somebody that was thinking about buying a vacation home, you could potentially be impacted. 
Yeah. yeah. Any, anybody using insurance really. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've helped a ton of people get out of condos and townhomes and buy detached homes and they don't have their 20% down payment. Maybe it's 10 or 15%, right? Um, but even with the insurance involved and you know, you're getting into a detached home with a basement suite, the costs are still very similar to being in that townhouse. So that's another situation that we see quite a bit as a move up buyer, I guess you could call it. So I think it's important to note this is taking place on July 1st uh, with CMHC. Um, I think it's also important to note that we found this out today. So it doesn't matter if you're buying from, uh, if you bought a new development property six months ago or a year ago, or if you're buying a resale property that closes in a month's time, it has to be approved, not submitted, fully approved. I mean, you, you've got to have that on paper. So July 1st really doesn't even matter as a date. You need to be talking about a few days before that. And that's also a holiday. So there's that, there's that convenient factor, right? For sure. So yeah, the pre-sale piece kind of threw me off because a lot of institutions, banks, mortgage companies won't actually look at an application if it's not closing within 120 days. Tons of lenders. There are a handful of banks that will do this, but if you're not placed with the right lender or the right broker that's going to send you there, um, again, we have other options, but directly to the CMHC piece, uh, if you're not in before July 1st, you won't have any luck with that. Absolutely. Well, I mean, uh, finishing off our closing thoughts right now on this is um, we'll have to wait and see. I'm super happy and thankful to hear that the other two insurers used common sense approach and they're willing to, to stay on board with, with our, our families, like the families that we work with every day. I mean, I feel uh, feel for a lot of people that are were waiting and working very hard to get into the market if this obviously took effect and it stopped them from being able to do it. Um, Market-wise, we'll have to wait and see what happens with the market. Again, I don't think the, the mid to high end range of the market will have much of an impact, certainly not the high range. Uh, entry level, that'll be curious to see. Will we see a mad rush of people going to buy their first condo before uh, July 1st? Maybe. Um, and then what would yeah. that look like long-term? Well, yeah, just a couple things to prepare. Like knowing what your qualification is for this new scenario would be a prudent. So, you know, having both of those scenarios readily available is something we're doing right now for our pre-approvals. All of the clients that we pre-approved in the past, being able to provide both scenarios is, is going to be important to note. But also with that, it's amazing how many people don't realize that the qualification rate actually has dropped twice now since COVID. So we went from 5.19 to 5.04 and now down to 4.94. So if you did your pre-approval and you wanna know what it looks like in this new scenario and you did it two months ago, it might not be such a big impact. So yeah. that's important to note too. So just being prepared, getting in touch with, with your broker, uh, I would definitely recommend that. Yeah, it's, um, I guess we're in a pretty decent position, much better than we were on Friday, um, knowing that there are two other options available. But like you said, we don't know how long this is going to be around for, if the government's going to step in, we don't know what the banks are going to do. So there's a lot of uncertainty and uh, we'll just do the best we can to keep everyone updated. Let's ride the roller coaster. Let's ride the roller coaster because Always. it keeps going up and down, keeps going up and down. Hey, the one thing that we know is that uh, as much as it's a, a possible challenge for, for uh, people out there looking to get qualified, it does make our job as mortgage brokers uh, more valuable and obviously staying on top of that is is key. So if you guys are listening to this out there and uh, you're looking for the team to take care of you, give us a, a call, send us a DM, send us a message, and we'll make sure to uh, see if we're a good fit to support you and help you in your real estate wealth dream so guys thanks for listening make sure to share like love subscribe and we'll see you in the next one